Hey y'all, this is your girl, Jessica, aka J Money, aka Juicy J, aka of the God. And I'm here with my homegirl Brittany. Hello. Um, and so you know, we're just gonna recap some shit. Most importantly, I want to talk about my trip to Charleston, South Carolina. And um Who's your sponsor? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what do you mean by this? <laughs> you never heard of that? <laughs> no. You mean like my sugar daddy yeah. taking me down there? <laughs> You're like a bitch. <laughs> I fucking love this girl. Also, like how you pull my whole shit up. My sponsor is the sugar daddy of Boston University. <laughs> they be paying all my motherfucking bills. Got me out here jet setting in globe trotting like I actually got money in bank. <laughs> Shout out to me, you know, high key. That's my sugar daddy. I can't stand you. <laughs> but legit. So, you know, I'm getting sponsored left and right to go all kinds of places. And it's really just for like work. Yeah. I had an academic conference in Charleston. It was a commemoration um, and celebration of Denmark Basie, who was this enslaved African-American that ended up buying his freedom in 1800 um, and planning a conspiracy uh, revolt, a slave revolt. And they call it a Denmark conspiracy because it never actually came into fruition because the plans themselves were apprehended before they could be executed. And so he and his co-conspirators were eventually hung slash lynched um, in 1822. And so this conference is really dope. It was really dope because it was a time for us scholars across American history, American studies fields to come together and talk about the different ways in which we see anti-slavery projects that have happened in the past that are currently happening um, in the same spirit of Denmark Vasey. So that's why I was in Charleston originally. Um, and that's how I was sponsored to be there, <laughs> Brittany. <laughs> but you know, every time I go on a trip, there's always some kind of shit that goes down. And um, lo and behold, in Charleston, something similar occurred because it's Jessica, it's me. And when I travel, I don't know how to act. Or more importantly, I think people don't know how to like act towards me. And so I always find myself caught up in these really interesting shit. And I think it really brought me to a place of wanting to think more clearly about white men. Um, and so this episode is about that. It's about white men in New England versus white men in the South. Um, or anywhere, really. <laughs> oh my God. Or just like, just versus all other white men. Yes. yes. And like the problematics of whiteness as it manifests itself in a New England setting versus other places. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a lot to be said about that, right? And so we're just going to dive right in. So when I was in Charleston over the weekend, um, I stayed with this couple and they're married and white. And the person I was actually staying there, I don't know them. They're a friend of a friend's. Um, and this colleague of mine, she's also white. And so I'm like, this black woman staying with them. And we I had a really good time. They were wonderful hosts. And on Saturday night, we decided to go out into the town and, you know, celebrate having completed our panel and doing a really great job and getting wonderful feedback from the audience and other scholars. Um, and just wanted to, like, you know, celebrate, see the place and enjoy downtown Charleston, which is gorgeous. So 
first of all, downtown Charleston literally reminds me of the Virgin Islands. And I was so surprised to see the place have such similarities. You know, a lot of the architecture is very colonial, bright, brilliant colors, um, palmetto trees and low-key palm trees, and a very vibrant city life and vibrant downtown streets named after similar like same names similarly like those in christian said st croix or even st thomas and so it was very wonderful it was very nostalgic to be in charleston because i felt homesick in many ways and i just miss you B. I love you so you know already charleston has me hooked in the because of its environment and then some really interesting thing happened and interesting things happen with the men who I encountered. I just noticed, like, you know, I'm walking down the street and these random dudes, black and white, um, are, like, nodding and smiling, giving me these little smirks and shit. And I think, you know, I expect black men to check for me because they're black men and I'm checking for them. But I'm always surprised and interested by white men who check for me. For those of you who don't know Jessica, she is a very awesomely thick black woman holding it down out here just throwing that out there <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know that word word and so i think this is really important context thank yeah. you for sharing that You're right welcome. i'm a very voluptuous black woman and i think that's really key because Brittany also identifies as black, but you're, yeah, I mean, you're biracial. And I'm very skinny with nothing, and I am half black, half Puerto Rican. So right. it's very interesting <laughs> I'm because dead. nobody would know. True, right? Yeah. You present as white or right. as like something that's non black. When I don't have my fake tanner on. When you don't have your fake tanner <laughs> on, you say, it's a struggle out it here. Is, it is, you guys. It is winter in New England, okay? <laughs> it is bad. I'm sorry, whoever wants to critique me and my fake tan use, but Bondi Sands has been saving my life. Just throwing that out there. I don't even get, we don't get money from this, but Bondi Sands, if you have this issue right. that I have, you need to go buy some. Okay, continue, Jess. Sorry. Okay, so Bondi Sands has been holding her down. Yeah. Hashtag plug, okay? Yeah. They need to low-key throw in a sponsorship and pay us some money. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So, hi, so you know, being black in its multiplicity and diversity of ways means a lot of different things, obviously. And it means a lot of different things for what dating looks like for you. Right. Right? And so, I think as, like, a light-skinned, um, white-presenting woman who doesn't have very stereotypical black figure, mm-hmm. us very stereotypical black figure or shapes, shaping you know like the way that men will read you in public i think is very different in how they read me yeah and we talk about it all the time how like a lot of people who will like low-key not really they're not racist but they wouldn't like date someone of color Mm -hmm. they will just come up to me and ask me oh you're italian right Mm -hmm. or oh you're this or that Mm -hmm. and like kind of just make assumptions even when i have my hair very curly because Mm -hmm. my hair is incredibly curly you would know i'm ethnic Mm -hmm. um and we've talked about that before how people just will make that inference but we can talk about that later continue your yeah yeah yeah. no but i think this is all really good context right and very good background for why this is such a fascinating experience of mine and so being in charleston and seeing white men indicate some kind of interest was really interesting and i want to say this before i kind of get into in depth in this thing and kind of go down a road that number one i am never here for white validation right and i think that needs to be stated and like overstated because in many ways i think that 
sometimes when we talk about interracial dating, particularly as it deals with like white and black, people tend to believe that dating white is dating up, right? And getting attention from white people in general, whether that's white women or white men, means that you're actually legitimate as a person and that you are officially desirable. Because if a white person desires you, then that means like you are in fact beautiful and worthy of X, Y, and Z. And I absolutely want to condemn that kind of thinking, that kind of mentality, like fuck that whole, like I don't need no white pink dick man <laughs> Woo, I ain't shit. But I don't give a fuck. I don't need no white pink dick man to tell me I look good and that I am beautiful in order to believe that I am desirable, right? And I, I think oftentimes black men and women can be guilty of this shit. And we see a lot of black men in particularly, in particular, I think, and recently, guilty of that kind of shit. Like this, there was like this thing that came out. And we're on tangent, but just follow us. It's okay, right? But I think all of these things tie in. Recently on Instagram, you know, there was this post of some NFL player. I don't even know his name. I think it's Jaleel something. And he was at a dinner or lunch table with a whole bunch of other black men and what seemed to be their white partners, right? Or at least high-colored partners. Um, and they were saying, like, light-skinned babies all day, right? Like, yeah. And so you see your face? <laughs> like, like, people That's were... Outrage! It is yeah. a lot. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And so you know, I think that is that that example is extreme, but I think it's literally the epitome of what many of us have been feeling for a, a long time about people who date interracially, and particularly black men who date interracially and date white women, right? Because oftentimes their dating is accompanied with some kind of self hatred or anti black womanness, hmm. and I think that it's okay for obviously it's okay for anyone to date whomever they want to date. But I think when you begin to say that you're dating someone for the explicit reasons of wanting to like become lighter or brighter because you think that there is much more social capital or value to that, that is when it becomes a problem. And it's, it's beyond the terrain of preferences, right? It's like you have some real fucking issues and you need to begin to think through why this might be the case. Why are you so pressed to be accepted by whiteness and to have that be the pinnacle of desire and like beauty to you so I think it's really important to set this arena and stage in these terms because I want people to understand that my kind of observation about what's happening to me as a black woman is very much so rooted in wanting to understand and not wanting to be desired by whiteness so that said I'm in Charleston hella white dudes are like giving me Ned hot net like um neck nods and like head nods and like all kinds of other extra shit trying to show me in one way or another that they for this, right? And I'm like, this is so interesting. What is this? Yeah. What are you what do you mean, sir? Sir Ray Salat? You know, sir, I'm down here and I believe in the Confederate States of America. Sir, the Civil War was a lost cause. <laughs> like, the fuck are you saying right now? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what a no, I don't know. Especially because I'm chocolate. Like, I don't pass for anything except a black girl who's thick as fuck, who got hella titties that don't know how to stay still, and a booty that does the most, and hips that knock you over. So I'm really like, I this like is so... I like all the adjectives that you, you use Thank you so yourself. much. These are scriptures. Yes, it was good. Thanks, thanks, thanks. But yeah, it's true, you yeah. know? I don't know. What are your thoughts? What do you think of all these things? So I feel like... I mean, I have a very different, like... 
um, thought process when it comes to ethnicity with me with dating interracially because, mm-hmm. like, I've told Jessica, so I've dated, like, officially dated two white men and one person who was from Saudi Arabia. And with both of the white men that I dated, both of their parents were very racist against mm. African Americans in general. And even, like, my first boyfriend, I couldn't even... We didn't even tell his mom I was black until I dated him for a year. Because she would outright say racist things. Which yeah. is known from Long Island. That's crazy. Yeah. And, um... So you're, like, living and dating black in, hi- in hiding. Yeah. And it was, like... And it was very interesting when she found out. Because then she was, like, very hesitant to say things around me. And, like she would just kind of have like a very different vibe with me even though like his grandparents knew and they were really cool with it which I also found very interesting mm-hmm. because you would think that she would have gotten okay sorry for the technical difficulties we are here on some very low budget type recording system so <laughs> should be popping off anyways as you were saying Brittany? yeah so basically i was just saying i just found it very weird that his grandparents were very cool with me being african-american mm-hmm. and hispanic and that his mother still portrayed a kind of racism toward me and even his father was very cool with it too which i think it was because his father actually worked in new york city but the mom just lived and was born and bred in Long Island, which I don't know if those of you know, Long Island is very segregated. Um, you can have like, he went to like an all white high school with basically one black kid graduating from a class of 700 people. Jesus. Yeah. Versus, and then the town over is just predominantly black. Mm-hmm. So it's a very weird place to go to. Honestly. Especially like in the Northeast. And in New York. Right. It's very, of all places. Right. And I think that that like can segue into like how we talk about Boston being that way too. Yep. Boston, mm-hmm. you know, where we, especially where I go to school, I go to school in more of the North, the Northern part. In Charleston. Of, in Charleston. Mm-hmm. And Boston and where like MGH is and all that and you know like if you go running down there you will never see a person of ethnicity but if you go to Dorchester you will never see a person with who's white (laughs) well that's changing recently it It has been changing for the past couple years I say because of gentrification but predominantly these are historically segregated neighborhoods right Right. I think that's sort that's super correct. Roxbury, Dorchester, right. Jamaica Plains. Yep. Although these places are now increasingly becoming much more white. And I think that in itself is a whole issue. But yeah, New England has some problems. Yeah. They have a lot of issues when it comes to race. And we were just talking about how it's so interesting, right? Because of all places, you would think that New England is a place that is most accepting of difference and diversity and that you'd find more individuals here who are willing to date outside of their race. And I'm speaking specifically to white people, right? right? White men in particular who are willing to take black people, black women, or even other women of color or other people in general up as serious candidates for dating Mm -hmm. and being partners and i find that oftentimes whenever a white man i think this is general but specifically in this regional case when white men are trying to date or talk to a black woman i'll say talk to a black woman it is and and that is a black woman who is identifiably black and presents as black because she's of darker complexion it typically comes in a format of some kind of fling right and i know i've personally i've been on a number of dating apps where white men will swipe right for me and i'll swipe right for them you know if i find them attractive or whatever the case may be and they seem to have some inkling of consciousness because i don't got time for that bullshit so if i'm gonna date your white ass you gotta have some shit to bring to the pot because your whiteness ain't gonna buy you shit 
in, over here in this club. So, so you know what we do? Swipe right on each other. I find that a conversation, it quickly turns to some next level black exploitation shit. Like, like the legitimate ex- like exploitation and objectification and exotification of my very black ass female body. And it's been disgusting. Like I've had men say shit like, oh yeah, so um, what's your favorite part of your body? Or like, what would you say is the most attractive part of your body? Questions that I feel like in my heart of hearts, they don't be asking white women. You know what I'm saying? Like, what I it, don't get asked. And I'm sure people yeah. like you don't get to ask those kinds of questions either, right? What the fuck do you mean? What's yeah. my favorite body? And to me, these are just like precursory questions to really get into like, do you have a fat ass? right? Like, do you got big breasts? Are your hips wide? Right. All the shit that they know are stereotypically like black women figure shit. They want to see if I am someone who possesses those things because clearly they're only here to have some kind of dip and dabble in that. And to me, that is like the most insulting thing. Yeah. I mean, the worst thing I've ever gotten was just like, oh, I swiped right on you because I really just genuinely liked your legs. But like, I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But no one's asking you. Oh, like, and I've never responded. Also, like, I feel like what you're talking about is like you're not talking about the the perverted guy who will just say something first. You're talking about having a conversation with a guy who you think is like okay, and then they're giving, and then this randomly. Like you said, sexploitation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about the guys who are able to disguise their intentions. Right. The men who know that, A, because clearly something in my profile says, if you come to me with some bullshit off the bat, I will fuck your shit up, yeah. right? And the guys who are not, who are, um, I think they're not stupid enough to have that be the introductory interaction because obviously they'll be cut dead in their tracks. And so they do enough to kind of demonstrate some pseudo interest. So I'm not like you're fucking idiot. Goodbye, sir. Right. And kick their asses right out. But I'm already invested enough so that it's kind of like, Oh, maybe this is just one of those innocent random dating questions, but I'm too smart for that shit. Like you're not shit nigga. You a whole white ass man. And you clearly look like you're from Waltham or wherever the fuck ever is all the white people would be saying at Cambridge. I don't know. Where to be at? Where do white people be at in Boston? You Marble know? Head. Marble head. Like, <laughs> fucking the cape. Yeah. You know? Like, you're out there. You're Wait, like, Hyannis. Hyannis! That's so, like, Hyannis. You're from fucking Hyannis. You grew up in Hyannis. Even the vineyard, <laughs> goddammit. And you brought your funky ass to the city talking about, oh yeah, I want more culture. I want to come, like, to Boston proper. And you're looking for some shit to explore all of your little... weird deviant desires and i'm not the one you know and so i think this is a kind of thing that i feel so much in new england that is so strange like i i believe you believe me not right like i believe that there's so many men who are willing to swipe right on me in the privacy of their apps who when they see me in the fucking street would not even look me in my face and that is a problem, right? Is that you are so invested in my body and in me in ways that are so secretive and like, what is the word? It's just kind of like, it's, it's like in this kind of deviant type of way, right? Like this is a like 
really sexy taboo thing that you do in behind closed doors but you can never actually do and be with a black woman in in public but the funny thing is too like i even feel that like mm. i feel that too like i'm just like like we talk about it all the time like you were saying like there's towns that you there's cities that you go to and you feel like you flourish because like everyone's just like oh my god like she's so good looking blah blah, blah. and like i'm not trying to say that i'm like super amazing but I work out like I'm pretty good looking like mm-hmm. if I go to New York Miami like other places like yes I'm like the shit I'm mm-hmm. not being an asshole but like it's no true. yeah people are coming for you yeah but like in Boston that is not how it is it is weird and every person that I have talked to in Boston or like low-key hooked up with was not from Boston mm. like you even know this too that's so real I have never I have lived in Boston for a year and almost two years and I have never talked to you. I mean, I've been on dates with people in Boston, but just no, I've never liked them. And anyone that I have hooked up with or talked to after prior to that, I mean, sorry, um, after that, like, they've just never been from here. And I just don't connect with people mm-hmm. from here, especially the men from here. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's low key, like you were saying, it's just like, I don't know, they're just really weird when they're you're weird ethnic. As fuck. They're when weird you're as ethnic, fuck. it's just so weird. It's too and much. So blah. They are so yeah. boring. Yeah. Oh my god. And- <laughs> okay, wait, I really just need to talk about Get this. it off your chest, girl. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Because trying to date a man from New England who is white is the worst thing that I have ever done in the entirety of my life. <laughs> Let me tell you, and I might be from New York. I'm sorry. I'm I'm loud. I'm from New York. I'm Hispanic. We gotta let it go. But like, legit, like, I kid you not. It is the worst thing I have ever done. Even my sister got a boyfriend in Boston. They're still together or whatever. But he's not from here. He's from the South. He's from Arkansas. Mm. And he yes, and he he's half German, so he lives in Germany now. But it's like. I feel like every man that I have met in New England, I know people date, people talk to, whatever. And I'm so sorry. Like, I really am. But they are just, oh, my God. It is like. No, they're horrendous. It's they really, really are trash. It's, it's true. actually bad. But this will segue into Jessica's story. I promise you guys, we are just getting out some feelings that we have. They're totally pent up. Pent up for two years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and three years for me because I've been here and people who know me and are close to me. They know that I have gone through a roller coaster of feelings and emotions about this city. Um, primarily feelings that are of disgust and disdain on most days. <laughs> Annoyance, you know. And then there are other days when it's tolerable because there are some really amazing gems here in, in form of people and in form of cultural beacons and institutions. And so that is a good balance to some of the bullshit. But by and large, I think that there's a really creepy thing about New England. And I think probably like a year ago, so I had a post about on Facebook about how like New England men are ugly as fuck. And you know what's so funny is that the number of people who would like that I know understood that I meant New England white men. And I, that didn't even have to be said explicitly because it's true. And I think that there's a way in which white New England men are so full of shit that it's baffling because you wonder, 
Based on what, my G? Y'all think y'all cute? Y'all think y'all out here really stunning on hoes? But you're, you're, you're not. You're not. You know what I'm saying? Every like, single one of them it works in sales. <laughs> <laughs> I work. They do the same they shit. They do the same job. And then on top of it, it's really funny because here, and like, like Jess is saying, here we are. They expect us to like, oh my God. Fawn over like, them. Fawn yeah. all over them. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to be a doctor. Like, your basic ass. Even- <laughs> you know, get your basic ass out of here. You went to Northeastern for your bachelor's. You think your dick long? Oh, oh. You think your dick is long, huh? Talk about it. Because <laughs> literally, it's, it's not. not. So like, stop. And the fucking basic ass sales marketing shit that yeah. you do for your little company and your little tech up startup, whatever, like it doesn't compensate, baby. I'm tired to tell you. And you know, it's funny because like, so this is actually like a subject that's really personal to me because there's not, so I, I'm going for my doctorate in physical therapy. I won't say the school only because of the context I'm about to say, but they asked me to participate in an ethnic study, um, you know, like how is it being like, um, a like a epic, survey. Yeah, mm-hmm. like a survey. Well, it wasn't a survey. It was more like a discussion mm. about how... A forum was a forum. It was a forum yeah. about how it is to be like an ethnic student in um, your program. And so for those of you who don't know, I have a program of 70 people and I'm half black, half Hispanic. And like Jessica said, I'm whiter than... I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Like... But anyway, what enough to get a tan? No, actually, in, yeah. a, in the summer, like in the winter I won't time, burn a self tan. I'll like. burn maybe like the first two days, so that's bad. Yeah, <laughs> basically. But yeah, so like, um, and it was just funny because you know, like I'm the only representation of an African American mm. woman in my class, which I think is pretty crazy, mm-hmm. and I just didn't feel comfortable discussing mm-hmm. like my actual issues with it because I have great teachers, I do, but a lot of it was an open forum with a bunch of other students that I just didn't feel comfortable discussing yeah. the fact that it is racist in my class and my program it mm-hmm. is people do expect you to fail just because of like the fact that you're from a different ethnicity wow. and it's just like i think it's just like very interesting coming to new england like you said you would think that they'd be very open-minded and welcoming because of the schools mm-hmm. i go to a really great school you go to a really great school mm-hmm. um and the programs and the resources available to us are amazing but it's just like very hard when you access are. is difficult yeah when you're a person of color yeah absolutely 100%. and access is difficult and you know retention is just as difficult because it's one thing to get into an institution and retaining people especially in a city like this where the environment is so coarse and unwelcoming you know you can be there and still not and ba- still barely make it through and i think that that's what's so interesting about new england and it's a kind of an a kind of feeling and an environment where a lot of those dynamics trickle into the kinds of relationships you're able to form with people, especially as it comes to romance. And so, which is why, you know, my time in Charleston, how we began this conversation, mm-hmm. had been so unique and so interesting because I think after living here for three years, I swear to God, I could probably count on not even one hand, baby, just literally one finger. I only have one finger as a representation of the number of white men who have physically and literally in person demonstrated some type of interest in me. Any other white man who has passed, like who has had any kind of thing to say or share in terms of romantic interest, they have done so through the form of a dating app. 
and solely that. And that to me is bizarre as fuck, right? And so being in Charleston was so interesting because it is such a dynamic, culturally and historically rich and laden and complicated place. You know, Charleston is a, the place where Dylan Roof shot up Mother Emanuel Church, which I was able to visit when I was down there and had such an amazing time, right? Charleston's a place where the majority of African enslaved peoples came through. And any like anybody who claims to be African-American continentally, and even in the islands to some degree, can by and large trace their heritage and roots to Charleston, right? It is one of the first places to vehemently resist desegregation with the passing of Brown v. Board of Education. It has some of the most vehement racists and white supremacists who literally theorized black inferiority. John C. Calhoun, who they fucking laud to this day in 2018-19. And like, you know, it's it's appalling but this is a place with so much rich history very complicated very fucked up history and yet like there are all these white men there who are on some different shit and a part of me knows and would believe too that they have their own racial issues that they're working out right southern white men are some of the most atrocious white men when it comes to their exploitation of black female bodies but i just find it really interesting when comparing the ways in which they demonstrate interest right and how they could so outwardly and so openly and so readily say like you're a beautiful black woman and it not be read by me as something that is immediately objectifying and i think that was what really interesting is that the potential for them to objectify and exotify me is perhaps higher given the cultural context and sociopolitical context but there was a way in which a lot of them I felt like were trying to let me know that they were about me that didn't make me cringe you know and I think that is what's worth unpacking what is that how is that um so yeah you know I'm really interested in that and so like one actual kind of scenario in which this white man was doing the most happened on Saturday night when we went to this bar. Um, If anybody goes to Charleston, I highly recommend going to the Cocktail Club. It is on Upper King Street. So fucking dope. So fabulous. They had good ass, really diverse music. The crowd wasn't that diverse. I mean, it's Charleston, you know, and it's downtown. The place is getting gentrified. So it was hella like white, young millennials. But the music was lit and it wasn't some like white people shit <laughs> it was like bet i could actually twerk to this and i'm actually going to twerk to this so all y'all can suck my dick <laughs> and i did so we're, i'm at the bar with my folks you know all four of us one the married couple my homegirl and me and i'm looking at that drink menu and we're trying to find out which dope ass charlestonian drink we're gonna have and there's this white man to my right who is clearly fucked up and too fucked up for his own good right but you know i'm not minding him i'm just like keep your hands to yourself give me my personal space and i'm good and we'll be fine um but lo and behold you know white people don't know how to behave ever and so of course there was no personal space that i could just hold and keep to myself without it being invaded by somebody so Next thing you know, this man like turns around and he looks at me. He gives me this little like, yeah, I like that. I like that what I see. And I'm like, word, that's interesting. Just stay over there, right? (laughs) Then I don't know where like he taps my hand in like a little like weird quick grab way. And I'm like, I don't know why your hands are touching me, but I'm gonna need you to chill. So I give him a like, you know, that, that black woman side eye, like, sir, sir, 
sir. And so the bartender is witnessing all of this, right? And um, finally, the guy is like, oh, I want such and such drinks. And he's buying a round of drinks for him. And God knows who, I think another set of girls, but he's feeling himself and trying to slang that dick hard as fuck for everybody to see. So he turns and he says, oh yeah, and I got them too, whatever they want, referring to me and my, my friend, my colleague. And so I'm like, oh yeah, you got this drink? Because I'm that bitch. Like, nigga, I will put this on your tab. Don't play with me. <laughs> so he's like, uh-huh. And does like some other like crazy shit. I'm like, you're fucked up. So basically, it, it ultimately ends in me getting a free round of drinks for not just me, but for like everyone that was with me. And I'm like, wow, look at this black chick come up in this Charlestonian club, coming up for everybody, right? And I feel like a scenario like that would never, and has literally never happened to me in Boston. But bitch, I bang. I bang. You hear me? And so I'm really like, that's crazy because there's so many people here, so many women of color in general. And I don't want to talk about like black men, right? And and how that goes. I think that that's a whole other discussion for another day. And I love them and they exist here, obviously. But it's always really difficult finding them in in places, period, because this place is so segregated. And as students, we live closer to school. And so like our immediate community doesn't actually entail or include a lot of brown people or brown men in particular. Um, and so I just feel it's always difficult to date when you're a person of color and to get play like that. You know what I'm saying? Like you should be able to go out and get play. Because cause we got, I was going to say some real ratchet shit, but like it's good. It's all of it. The, the clamp, clamp. The voodoo clamp. <laughs> the voodoo. If anyone watches, call her daddy. You know the voodoo clamp. I'm just throwing that out there. The voodoo clamp is good. The voodoo clamp is good up in this apartment. <laughs> Facts. No, actually. But no, I feel the same way. Like, I tell Jess all the time, like, if I go to New York or if I go to Miami, if I go out with my girls, like, we end up in VIP. Like, I'm not kidding you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. like... I'm out here, dude, mm-hmm, all right? Like, mm-hmm. I be working on myself. I be doing my makeup good. Like, I know how to beat my face. <laughs> I be face. doing my makeup good. <laughs> facts, facts. I do know how to beat my face. Come on, no. These really. brows, these brows, baby. No, what they, up? Not right now, but they, yes. <laughs> but, you know, I be getting these brows sharp as fuck because I don't got they none. They do, they mm-hmm, do. Mm-hmm. And, like, realistically, it's just crazy to me whenever I'm going out in Boston and it's just, like, it's just very weird. But actually, last weekend, when I went out with my friend and her ex-boyfriend and his friends, this white boy who was, like, blonde hair, blue-eyed, was actually, like, really trying to talk to me and everything. Oh, interesting. Which, it was very interesting. It was weird, though. And I only think it was because he spent some time in New York mm. for a while. And we had talked about this. He a little dabble in the jungle. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he felt like he was somebody. Yes, what? exactly. But I just, it's just very funny to me because I've never met a man from New England who, first of all, really got me, like, going like that anyways. But second of all, like, who was straight up from New England who had any kind of game or, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like, actually genuinely came up to me and talked to me. Like, mm-hmm. it just doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. It's it's odd. It's just odd. It's New England is weird. weird as fuck. It is weird. And I think that that was just simply reinforced for me over the weekend Mm -hmm. while I was in a southern ass 
And I place. find it interesting because, like you were saying, like all of these guys from New England, they follow girls on like Instagram who look like you or look like me. Yeah, yeah and they really yeah. are, and they're really like all about it and stuff. And then I feel like in real life, they're, they're like pussy ass niggas. They're just all about like very and like like very like um I guess. Fi- like figure cookie cutter white girl white girls from yeah Boston you guys know what it is like really really you know you know the the archetypical New England white chick and we're not saying that white girls aren't pretty not I, oh my oh, god no, no. like no but I, I, I don't think, want that to be taken in here I think a lot of white women are generally very pretty for sure it's just we're talking about the fact that white men in this area will not like broaden their horizons i mm-hmm. guess you could say yeah and i just thought i just find it interesting and i think it's an interesting for a number of reasons right like listen i i stand for black dick all day i'm sorry i'm so vulgar but i'm dead ass like i i do right like i stand heavily and so I'm there with you so for me you know but i'm also the type of person who knows and my friends have seen and they can they're they've built bear witness to my evolution over the years that you know i'm i'm learning you know that it's okay it's okay to to date other people it's fine i'm just not trying to have to deal with the emotional distress of being with someone who is ignorant as fuck and not race conscious right because i cannot and i will not and i refuse to live my life as though i'm not a black woman but i think also interesting that people say that to you as well like i think it's good to not limit yourself to just being black men but if you want to and Mm -hmm. that's what you i don't see any problem in that word but i think you could have people who say you know okay so what's the difference in a black man wanting to only date or predominantly date a white woman right like the people who have come back with that kind of counter argument and still i i think it's different i believe it's different because when you think about the history of interracial dating and the ways in which black men have discussed their desire for white women it's just always been in a derogatory fashion towards black women right and i think that's the biggest problem with that like whoever the fuck you love is who you love i think it's very different like you were saying like because i think from your context the reason that you would prefer to date someone who is a black man is because you want to maintain that cultural value Mm -hmm. in your children Mm -hmm. and your your future life yeah versus like a black man and a white woman there is no reasoning for that based on that's just their preference right it's more deeply rooted for you right and i think but it's also a dangerous preference anytime we want to aspire towards whiteness i think that's the problem for me is that the most people who i've heard wanting to date anyone and like who are who is white in particular i think that's the issue who is white or of lighter complexion and can pass for something other than black it has been coming from a place of wanting to rid themselves of blackness and and that is the issue for me right and i think outside of that context though it is it's absolutely okay for people to date whoever the fuck they want to date you know and i think Personally and politically, I love black men and I love blackness because I think that we need more love, right? I think that blackness and black people don't get love and adoration and adulation the way that we deserve to because society is constantly telling us that we're not good enough and that we're not lovable, right? And we're not worthy of these things. And I want to make my my political, my private practice, I mean, my private practices will always be political because of how we live in this world. But I think wherever I have power and control over what I do for and 
myself and for my body and for my community, you know, I'll choose that. And that's not to say I'm foreclosing all other opportunities of love. I think that it is very, very possible with the way my life is set up that I end up with somebody who's not black. And you know what? Like, I'm not going to fight that because what the fuck is that for? You know what I mean? And I think what's more important is about what's in this person's heart and their ability to love me completely in the way I deserve to be loved and to love me in my fully black Caribbean ass self because that shit ain't going nowhere for nobody. And I also think you have other things that are very important to you as well as that, like religion. Yes, yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. So it's love me for my important. faith. Yeah. Love me for my investment in politics and my investment in black people and my investment in my work, right? right? Love me for the intelligent woman that I am and that I'm aspiring to become. Love me for all of those things and not want to compartmentalize me into some kind of rendition that you find to be much more interesting for your own personal egotistical issues, right? Fuck that shit. And I think that there is a man who can do all of that who may look a number of ways. Right. Okay? And I think I would be doing myself a disservice to assume that he can only look one way. True. You know? And I think that's just where I stand today in 2019. No, and I think that that's a good way to, like, phrase it. I think, like, for me, I really don't have any... Preferences. Yeah, I don't yeah, have facts. preferences. I've dated across. Just, just love me, dick me down. I've actually <laughs> probably dated every single kind of ethnicity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since you've known me too. Word, word. So, no, this is facts. No, yeah. Yeah. And I just think that, you know, even that is something that is much more accessible yeah. to someone like you, obviously, for a well, number of reasons. Like yeah. we were saying. Yeah. yeah. I, but I think it's very interesting because I have never dated someone whose family hasn't, like, Still treated you some, some type of way. Kind of way. Yeah. Even with Sayyid's family, because he was Saudi Arabian. Right. So they wanted... But his is different because of, like, his family's power, I guess, in that country. Sure. He needed to end up with someone who was Saudi Arabian. Right, right. Which is fine. I get all of that. But it's just, like, it's very... Race is a very interesting thing for mm. me, I have to say, because I look like anything. Mm-hmm. I can actually And nothing be, at all. And yeah. nothing at all. <laughs> Facts. Yeah, and I don't ever... But it's, like, it's just so interesting for, like, people wanting me to be something. Mm. until And then when they find out that I'm African-American and Spanish, they're, like, they're either turned off or actually turned on. Mm-hmm. And, like, to, like, talking mm-hmm. to me and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It depends on where you're at. Yeah, it is. In so New interesting. York, it's like, oh, this girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What up, what up mommy? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Get together. <laughs> yeah. Call me your poppy. <laughs> But seriously, so yeah, I think, you know, dating in the 21st century, um, in the year of our Lord, 2019, it's like, it's rough, rough as fuck, yo, it's rough as fuck. So I think, um, you know, Charleston is crazy as hell, but it has opened my eyes up. I gotta go there. You listen, everybody, here's what I will say. Of all the places that I could imagine going and visiting as a young black woman, Charleston would have never been on my list, right? If I was, if it was up to me, I would not be, I would never say, I, I'm gonna go travel to Charleston, South Carolina. The fuck would my black ass be going over there? <laughs> like, unless you are coming from people who are historically Charlestonians or historically South Carolinians and like have some kind of Gullah heritage, right, from the Sea Islands, like, there is no absolute reason for me to say I'm gonna take my black ass to the South like that, yeah. right? Especially because Charleston's not known as a black mecca per se in this current decade. And so I think that 
it was a, such a surprising experience for me to go there and to see such a wealth of culture and history and also feel chill. Like that was the one place where I went and I didn't feel like walking down the street like, wow, like these white people are literally looking at me like, the fuck am I doing here? Whereas there are places in fucking Boston, the northeast of America, where that kind of shit happens. You take your black ass to the north end, okay? You take your black ass to south, the south end, south Boston, niggas is out here looking at you like, the fuck are you doing in this neighborhood? Yep. Get your ass off my sidewalk yep. in 2019. And that to me is what's bizarre as fuck. Right? That's why this shit's problematic. Because in this very unsuspecting manner, mm -hmm. Charleston has like risen as this really interesting and dope place. And so don't be surprised if your girl moved there low key just because that place reminds me so much of home, but like with the benefit of being on the continental US, you know, yeah. and having access to a lot more. Yeah. So yeah, hashtag interracial dating. Yeah. So, you know, if you Fuck with this episode if you agree and have any kind of similar experiences that mirror what either Brittany or myself has gone through. I highly recommend that you like this episode and that you share it with all your homies because facts is facts is facts, y'all. So until next time, you've just listened to Just to Colonize with Juicy J, a.k.a. Of the gods, aka Day Money, aka some other shit, and my homegirl. Oh, Brittany, what's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> See ya until next time.